Have you already broken your New Year's resolution? It's only the second day, but my guess is there's somebody out there who has. Maybe you haven't, and if you haven't, congratulations, you've made it one day. But it is so easy to do that. If you've broken a New Year's resolution already, I bet you're in good company because all of us have done that at one time or another. And the thing is, the reason we do is because change is really, really hard. Meaningful, substantive change is hard to do. And, and yet each year, many of us think, okay, this is going to be the year that I get something straight in my life. But you know, over the past few years, I've begun to think less and less in terms of New Year's resolutions and more about just starting something new, right? I mean, starting something brand new in my life. Maybe I want to learn something. Maybe I want to start a new regimen of reading or there's something that I want to accomplish. And for me, that's so much better about exploration and learning than just keeping myself from doing something that I enjoy doing. So I don't think as much in terms of resolutions, but still most of us, regardless of how we think about that, we think about wanting to make some change and we want to accomplish something in the new year. And my guess is, as you think about what you want to accomplish in the new year, one of the things that we really rely on is our own inner strength. I mean, we sort of leave it to ourselves. Hey, I'm going to get healthy in the new year. Well, what does that mean? I'm going to eat different this year, stay away from the sweets. I'm going to start exercising. It's all about what I can accomplish. Or maybe you're trying to get your finances in order. So it's about cutting back on some spending, saving more, trying to earn a little bit more. But again, it's all about what am I going to do? Well, today I want us to think about that in a little bit different way and think about what scripture actually has to say about change and about becoming the people that we want to be. And to do that, we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is a little different from almost every book in the whole Bible in that there's, there's no story there. There's not any prophecy. There's not law. It's not a letter like so much in the New Testament. It's really a collection of wise sayings. It's, it's ancient wisdom from Israel thousands of years ago. But there is a lot of wisdom there. It's not really organized like a lot of other books. There's some themes that run in and out of the book of Proverbs, but it feels more like a collection, like someone or some group of people was pulling all these wise sayings together because they were so important and they wanted to preserve them for the generations to come. So they did. And we have that book as Proverbs. Now, when we think about Proverbs, we have to think about really what form we're talking about. And, and these Proverbs really describe how life works. Sometimes what we want to make the Proverbs into is more like here are some promises, right? If you do this, this is going to happen every single time. And, and what the Proverbs really do is say, okay, this is how life generally works. Generally, if you take this path, if you do this, you're going to end up with this. But it's not a guarantee. In other words, it's a, it's a principle. This is how life works not a promise. It will work this way every time, guaranteed. Now, part of the reason for that is this is biblical, godly wisdom. And we don't get to treat God like that. We don't get to say, okay, God, you've got to do this. I've decided this is the best thing and you've got to do it. Why? Because, well, I'm not God, right? And neither are you. God is God. And so we can talk to God we can ask God, we can plead with God, but we don't get to tell God what to do. That would be more like a, 
a transactional approach to our relationship with God. Okay, God, I've done this for you. I put the coin in the slot. Now you better give me exactly what I want. That's not the way God works. In fact, when people treat God like that throughout the Bible, they usually end up with lots of problems. So what do we learn today from Scripture that helps us get started in this new year? What do we learn from the book of Proverbs? I want to look at just a couple of verses that we find in Proverbs chapter 3. I think Jerry's already sung a song that will introduce you to some of this, but it's verses 5 and 6 of Proverbs 3. This is what the writer tells us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Now, it's just two short verses, but it speaks a lot of wisdom. And to get at that, I think we need to take it apart really line by line. These are great words for us to dig into. The first line is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, the word trust there uh, in the original it really has in mind like laying face down on the ground. Now, you can imagine that if you're lying face down on the ground, you're in the most vulnerable position possible. You are in complete trust with the people around you. You assume the people around you are your friends, not your enemies, or you wouldn't do that. And so the writer of Proverbs says our relationship with God is like that. We trust that God has our best interests at heart. We trust God so much that we would lay down flat on the ground in front of him and trust that he would care for us. Now also note that it says, trust in the Lord, and you'll see if you look in your Bible that that is L-O-R-D, all caps, right? Some small caps and a large cap. And what that is, is the Old Testament name for God. Now we've talked about that name before. It's the name Yahweh. It's really just four letters, Y-H-W-H in Hebrew, because they didn't have the vowels. And so this is their proper name for God. This is the God that they knew had rescued them from slavery in Egypt, made them into a people, and then brought them into the promised land. This is a God who had acted on their behalf before, a God that they knew they could trust, a God who was active and present in the life of his people Israel. So it's not just a, a blind trust. We're going to trust in this God because, well, we've heard something about him. But it's we're going to trust in this God because this God has shown himself to be completely reliable. This God has he, he's done so much for us that we know for sure that he's the God that we can trust. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it says, well, even before we get there, with all your heart, this is this is more than just the seat of emotion. In English, when we talk about the heart, we usually think about, okay, this is about love. This is about how I feel. But when ancient Hebrews thought about the heart, it was really the seat, the core of the being. It was everything about who they were. So this means trust in the Lord, Yahweh, with everything you are, with your entire being, what is physical, what is emotional, what is spiritual, all that you are. Okay, so there's the first line. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, when we talk about lean here, we're talking about support, right? We're talking about leaning into God and allowing God to be your support, not yourself. Now, see, when we think about our New Year's resolutions, when we think about changing, what comes to our mind is, I've got to be strong. Right? This change is going to depend on how strong I am. And yet the writer of Proverbs says, trust in the Lord 
lean not on yourself. Now, does that mean we have no responsibility? Well, no, of course not. But what he is saying is that we need to watch for intellectual and spiritual and emotional arrogance. In other words, I know so much, I don't need God. The proverb writer is telling us we've got to trust in God rather than thinking we've got it all under control. Because guess what? We don't. That's part of the message of Proverbs. Okay, then we get to verse, uh, verse 6. It says, In all your ways, submit to him. Some of the translations that you might know say something like, In all your ways, acknowledge him. Literally, is something like, Be aware of him. So wherever you go, whatever you do, be aware of God's presence in that moment. Always know that God is there. Now, this translator takes it a little further. And he says, in all your ways, wherever you go, whatever you do, submit to God. So, in other words, God's plan is always the best plan. We're always thinking, okay, if this is God's plan, I'm going to allow that to take precedence over what I want, what I desire for my life. In all your ways, submit to Him. And then finally, and He will make your path straight. So, it's a positive and then a negative, and then another positive, and then here's the result. And again, this is all about, here's the principle of the way this works, all right? Trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge Him or submit to Him, and then here it is, and He will make your paths straight. Now, in a world where we have motor vehicles, right, and we have interstate highways, this is not quite as meaningful to us. Yeah, it's sort of a pain to go around a curvy road, but it's not like when you're in the ancient world and you've got to walk over hills, over mountains, through valleys, and if the roads are curvy, which they were, no land-moving equipment available, they just followed the contour of the land, this meant a lot more. I think of years ago when Leanne and I lived in Tennessee. We lived in a, in a valley, and it was surrounded on three sides by mountains. And to the southeast was Iron Mountain. And, and I've got a sort of an overhead shot of the road that went from Shady Valley up the side of that mountain. Now, if the, the crow flew from the valley, from the crossroads in the valley, to the top of the mountain, it'd be three miles. The road from that same spot to the top of the mountain is 4.8 miles. And you can see why, because it follows the contour of the land. Again, not a huge deal if I'm in a car, but if I'm walking, it's a big deal. And so the writer of Proverbs says, well, it's like God sort of levels things out and makes the path straight so your journey is easier. Not a promise that life's always going to be easy because we know it's not like that. We know we face difficulty and sickness and death and tragedy and things we just don't expect. And yet we also know if we follow God's plan, that's going to be the best plan for our lives because God knows us best. He knows who we should be. He, he has an idea of the, the very best that we could be. And if we follow God's plan, we're headed in the right direction. So I would say it this way. Trust that God's way is the best way. You know, I want to depend on myself sometimes because, like, I can see everything in front of me. Surely I know the best path. But the truth is, you, like me, we don't know as much as we think we do. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of variables in this life. And the writer of Proverbs is reminding us God does know. He knows the past and the present 
and the future. He knows what could get us in trouble, and he knows the very best path for us. And if we follow his way, his path is usually going to be straighter, and it's usually going to be more level. It's going to be the best path. So, as we think about that, we have to be careful and remind ourselves it's not a promise, but we also need to recognize that we really can trust the same God, the same Yahweh that the people of the Old Testament trusted because He cares for us. He loves us. And if we live the life that God has called us to live, it's going to be a life that fulfills our mission, which is to love God and love others. That will be the life that we're talking about. And if we take this one step further, we also have to recognize that the scholars who really study the Proverbs would say that these two verses are not just about individual decisions that we make along the way, but they're really more about, for the people of the Old Testament, following God's law. So if you follow God's way, that's his law. And if you do that, then that's going to be the best life for you. And so we have the same responsibility. We don't follow God's law, but we certainly have in Scripture laid out a moral system for what God really does expect from us, what's right and what's wrong. I mean, we could look at the, the message of Jesus and see what was really important to him. Things like love and compassion and kindness. And when we see that, we recognize that this is a way of living. It's as if the writer of Proverbs is saying, here's what you need to do. You need to practice God's way. Because then when the decision comes, when you've got to choose the best path, you will have developed a sense of what God wants so clearly that you will follow God's path. And that will be the way that is flat and straight. Okay, so if we think about that, there's also some application that I think we get here. Some, some things that we learn from this passage that help us make that path straight. First is this, make God's priorities your priorities. Now again, for, for them, that was Old Testament law. For us, it's looking to the New Testament, the example of Jesus, looking to the teachings that we find in the letters of the New Testament, looking to how the early church operated in the book of Acts. And when we, we begin to take that and apply it to our lives and understand this is the expectation of what, what God wants from us, then we begin to have that life that God's called us to live. It's all about submitting. See, so we come back to that, acknowledging God, being aware of God, and submitting to His plan, even when it's not the easiest plan to follow. And that really leads us to the second thing that I think we can get from this is that to do what you know to be right, even when others refuse. You know, sometimes we as Christians, we're almost surprised when the people around us, like they don't get it, right? I mean, we're almost surprised when people we know don't follow what's laid out in scripture. But why would we expect that people that don't know God, that don't follow Jesus, would follow the moral plan that we see in Scripture. Well, they wouldn't. So it might be that you're living a life of submitting to God, choosing God's way over your own way, and recognizing that God's path is the best path, but the people around you aren't as excited about that, and maybe even wonder why you live a life that's a little different from theirs. Well, part of what the writer of Proverbs is telling us is to live that life that we know to be right, even when other people maybe aren't living that way. I mean, we can look around in our world and say, okay, Jesus stood for kindness and love and compassion, 
But the values of our world are things like power and control and wealth. Well, which way are we going to go? Who are we going to follow? Are we just going to give in to what the world says, or are we going to follow what Jesus has called us to be and to do, his path? And then finally, depend on God's guidance. Here we are in a new year. We're trying to get started in something new. The best thing that we can do is depend on God's guidance for our lives because we are going to mess this up. We know that. We know that we don't get it right at times. And so we've got to depend on God, which means we've got to pray. We've got to seek God's guidance in Scripture. We've got to look for what He has to say because we know God's path ultimately is the best path. So, second day of a new year. And maybe you've already got some things that you want to accomplish in this new year, but if you're honest, you might have planned all that without really thinking about what God wants for your life. So today, I'd love for you to sit back and say, okay, I've set some New Year's resolutions. Maybe they're good things, but what have I missed? What is God calling me to? What, what have I sort of followed that really is more about the whole world than it is about following God? And in what way can I trust in the Lord and lean not on myself, but acknowledge him? Because I know his way is the best way. Let's pray together. God, as we get started in this new year, the second day of a new year, I pray you'll be with us. As we as a church minister to each other and minister in this community, drawing people to Christ. God, we want to be people who know you, love you, and show other people how much we love you and how much we love them. So God, direct our paths. Make them straight. Make them easy. But but more important, let them take us to the place you want us to be. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.